0: Yeah
1: Yeah Yeah That's the welcome idea.
0: Welcome back to another episode of the bench mob podcast we got the full squad here today well it's tonight full squad here chris is back from living his best life we got greg in the building miles we appreciate all y'all as listeners the sponsors the subscribers everybody chris welcome back how you doing tonight
2: I'm doing good, feeling rejuvenated. You know, got that good R and R in this past weekend. Took a little Cali trip. I know y'all see the tan too. Got that, <laughs> got that good sun in. So, we good, man. We was on some beaches, but I'm happy to be back with y'all.
0: Rich, Greg, yeah, money bags. Money bags. Greg, hot takes. The beach mother. Matts doing well. Francisco Lindor, 10 year contract. How are you doing tonight?
3: Life is life is real good, man. Life is good all around. Life is good with sports. Life is good personally, man. I'm 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 doing good. I'm getting I'm getting alcohol galore right these days. I got an expensive bottle of scotch. I'm gonna dig into this weekend. I got uh, I got some rosé. I got yo listen.
2: Oh, you a drinker, drinker.
3: Getting it, getting it. Well, yeah, all of that. You know, you know, yeah, it's not like that. Right. I'm, gonna say, I'm gonna say something about when my girl, when my, when my, when my fiance get up here,
0: so you can enjoy some of these, some of these specific. specific he
2: got a whole fiance now. Okay,
0: word. And you say a the look at you, drunk in love. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, Greg's probably gonna have one before me. It's gonna be that night when she come up. No, I get you. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> there's
3: some wood, some wood nearby. Wood nearby. <laughs>
0: Miles. Mr. Wholesome. My mm. hairline is always on point. How mm. are you doing?
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good, guys.
0: Yo, so where y'all want to start? We got NFL. We got Russell Westbrook and his wife going at Stephen A. We got K.E. going at Michael Rappaport. We got people talking about hey. Yeah. I'm choosing Matt Jones over Fields. Oh, where y'all want to start tonight?
3: I want I, I personally want to start with KD and
0: rap. That's what.
2: Let's, Let's get it. Let's get it.
0: Let's get it. What was your initial response from seeing this? I'll tell you mine. When it was sent to me and Miles, one of our homies, he sent it to us and I my first reaction was like, yo, this got to be a joke. This this is something real like, nah, Michael Rappaport probably just, you know, doctored these messages or something like that. And then KD confirmed it on Twitter. I said, oh, nah, (laughs) there's something different. You know the league and like 10 minutes after that league is like, all right, we're investigating. Mm -hmm. I think just to save face, the league is probably going to punish him. Um, I think Michael Rappaport is extremely corny for releasing it. And even before this, I didn't think that joke was funny and I still don't think he's funny now. Mm -hmm. Greg, what was your initial takes from it?
3: I see everybody online talking about um, raps or Rappaport's A snitch. He's a rat. He's this and that. Yeah, he's all that. I I, I totally agree. Um, and, and I don't disagree. I don't even like. I don't like Rappaport. He's an agitator. That's this is what he does. He tries to get under guys' skin. He goes after Bron. He goes after KD. He he's, he just goes and talks trash to get a reaction. This is the only thing he's known for now. I actually don't know why he's famous. Like, I don't know why. I only know him only know him because he does this stuff like this. So it makes a lot of sense. My issue is not rapport though. It's with KD. Yo, KD has had an issue with social media for for forever. Okay, let's just call us call a spade a spade. He had the burner fiasco he got caught up with making those burner accounts got him in trouble when he was in OKC and still with the Warriors, right? Uh actually with the Warriors really when he made the transition and he was defending himself online from the hate from the haters and all that stuff, which was ridiculous. And you would think he would slow down, and learn a lesson this lesson from that. And instead, he goes and goes at goes at Michael Rapport in his DMs like he's some random dude. Like he's just another guy. Like you're KD, you can't do that, bro. You there is no way it wasn't gonna get out one way or another. Rapport was, I'm sure he was sitting on him just thinking, all right, cool. I got this, I got this ammunition. He came crazy. He's talking about my wife, even though he didn't say anything disrespectful, like in particular. Um He's coming left. He was coming crazy, and I'm not saying that rapport's right. I'm not justifying it. What I am saying is, KD can't be operating like a 16-year-old on on Twitter and
2: right. actually,
3: That don't make any sense. You are worth billions. He's going be worth. He's worth billions of dollars. He's gonna be a billionaire. He's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the most famous people in the world. One of the most influential people in the world. He's 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 big in tech. He's 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 dipping in all different types of industries. So for him to be on here, and I, I, I hate to take the grown man stance to so all this, I know we can have fun with it and just say, KD's like that, I saw a all of that too. Katie's like that, don't mess with KD. Yeah, all that's true. But there's a price to pay for that kind of stuff when you are as famous as he is. And you think about all the other stars in the NBA, how can this stuff like this happen? When do you see Bron get in trouble like this? You're gonna make the comparison. When does Bron do stuff like this? You know how many guys, you know, I mean, you know Bron could be in Skip's DMs talking all crazy too, talking about he'll spit on his face. Guess what he didn't do? Any of that. Like it's it's really important. It's, it's it's bad for the brand. He's got a bunch of kids that buy his jerseys, and, and don't think for a second. And I'm gonna bring it back to my favorite thing. Don't think for a second that as a black man in America, that these white people that support you on a, on a big scale are not gonna start kind of veering away from you, and you they'll lose whatever they can to get away from you, man. Like that's what it is. All you are is a guy who's a ball in a basket for their favorite team. When you give them a reason to kind of st- steer away from you and stop buying your jerseys and stop buying your stuff guess what they'll do i don't this is a much bigger this is a thirty-five thousand foot view but it's real it's real it's a real thing and i don't think that it's gonna i don't think katie's life is gonna change dramatically from this it's a minor it's it's a it's, it's not a minor thing but it's it's minor in terms of the effect it'll have on him initially anyways but like this stuff does matter like he, he, he got to carry yourself like you're worth millions of dollars, not he's not he's not some kid in high school bro he's not dealing with a heckler this ain't this ain't Rucker Park he wasn't in person like it's just it's crazy to me it's crazy to me he's still out here acting like that on Twitter and social media like he's just a random guy he's KD Come on.
0: I'd like to quote my man Aubrey Graham I'm the bigger artist always gotta play it smarter that's definitely that's the the case for KD um I don't think it's fair to compare him to LeBron. LeBron is obviously on a different level. LeBron has been extremely professional from 18. Like, he's done everything basically right, except, you know, the whole transition of, hey, I'm going to make a decision and I, and I air it on TV and all that. Outside of that, LeBron has played everything right. So that's not the best comparison and fair to KD because I'm pretty sure LeBron just doesn't say it's not, you're not going to hear it. No, but yeah. I'm sure LeBron has some words for Skip with his crew, like "Yo, this." Sure. I'll I don't know it. if he's gonna say "come guzzling" like KD. decided I to... I was only saying. Yeah,
3: that. he said some I
2: sideways
3: can't... stuff. Yes, but I'm, I'm saying it from the standpoint that these guys are both of the same stature. They're both really, they're both extremely famous. LeBron's more famous than KD, but like it's close. So in terms of the way he handles himself, why would you not try to handle yourself the same way? I I, I know that KD and KD may not. Get along with Ron the best these days, and Kyrie, and them—they got their little beef now, whatever, whatever it is. But it's just—it's just a good example to follow, is what I'm saying. Like it doesn't make sense to be out there on Twitter acting like who's just some random dude got nothing to lose. You have everything to lose. You literally have everything to lose. Like it—like it's crazy. So he's lucky he didn't say nothing, a a slur or nothing like that in there. He's lucky he didn't throw in throwing anything in there that could have offended any particular group. You know, was he just—he's out there just talking his, you know, talking his stuff. That's that is
0: bad, but. He, he dropped a bullet for real. That's the wrong thing slide. It could have been a problem. Hey, this is all facts, miles, money bags. Y'all have any thoughts on KD, Michael Rappaport and the situation?
2: I mean, I I got to agree with Greg. I mean, I, I think we're all disappointed by the way K, KD acted, right? I mean, you're the, the face of – you're, you're in, in a similar position as LeBron, like Greg said, as – people look at you as, as one of the faces of the of the NBA and definitely the face of the Brooklyn Nets, even though he's out right now. Um, but at the same time, like you've been in the league a long time. You, you've you had people talk about you, all types of disrespectful when, when you went to the Warriors and, you know, when, when you built that super team and you didn't come at them any type of way. And, and like Greg said, Michael Rappaport, he's an actor, but he's also a big social media agitator. And and that's what he does. He comes at people left and right. Um, You know, he, he came at Trump. All those videos blew up and whatnot when Trump was president. And they were they were funny. But at the same time, like, Michael Rappaport, man, you're corny for posting it. But at the same time, like, you can't blame him because that's what he's built his career off of. He, he's just doing what he normally does, and it just happened to be KD that got caught up in the mix. So KD, as an NBA player and as, you know, a grown man, like, yeah, I'm sure we all got heated and like exchanged words and stuff over messages and whatnot, but it, it, you can't really. I mean, you can be mad at KD, but at the same time, it's like, damn, Michael Rappaport's a snitch. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, sure. yeah. I'm pretty sure if KD would do it again and in, in his mindset, yeah. he wasn't thinking that it was going to be released, right? Um, so
2: I did before we switch off the topic, I did think it was kind of uh, you could tell KD was lying a little bit when he was like. Oh, he, he said that tweet out like, oh, really, Mike? We, we talk like this on the regular and now you're going to get pissed? I don't think they talk like that that often. I think that was just trying to be like, you know, let, let me try to save some face real quick and, and make it seem like me and Mike are boys and we were just beefing because Mike Rappaport came back and he was like, yo, stop lying. We do not talk often. Like, we don't ever exchange messages like this. Stop stop capping. Hey,
3: man. Mike, uh, Mike is what he is.
2: Like, let's not – Yeah, me. that's what he's built he his career really- off of.
3: That doesn't get lost. Yeah, it doesn't get lost in any of this. It doesn't get lost in any of this. It's just that when you're KD, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get, take the high road. As annoying as it is, it's as hard as it must be, and I don't think I'd be able to do do it. I wouldn't be able to do it. I'm judging from from I'm throwing rocks from from down below here because I wouldn't be able to do that. I'm yeah, but, back
0: at... but I mean, you even look at LeBron when that Finals where I believe it was Clay decided to use choice words of what he called LeBron. Mm -hmm. and they asked him about an interview and LeBron said the exact thing he said yo I've been taking the high road for 14 years Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna do it again right here so it's not the easiest thing that's why we give so much kudos and respect to LeBron because he's a businessman on and off the court and you're Mm -hmm. never going to hear stuff like that you're never going to hear how he really feels about certain situations who knows maybe 15 years from now we get a LeBron doc like Michael gave and he really tell you how he felt about skin. Right. And he really yeah. tell you, hey, Stephen A, bruh, it's I coming. wasn't really rocking with you. So it's I respect that for him because a lot of people, like you said, a lot of people at some point just I'm like, all right, you know what, F it. I'm going to really tell you how I feel. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Stephen A, Stephen A came out and said, Russ, who as of now tonight, I think this is now his three straight games. My man has had a triple double. Stephen A basically came out and said, Yo, the triple doubles don't matter. You don't got a ring. We expect, we know you can get a triple double. The ring is what what is most important. Russ and his wife spoke up. Shout out to his wife, that queen, speaking up for her man, tagging Stephen A in every post she did. Basically, coming back at Stephen A, like, Yo, I made it to the NBA. That's my championship. That's what matters. I help out my community. I do the other things that's more important, more important championships do not define me. You don't define me. What was your initial take from it? You agree with Stephen A. Was Stephen A wrong? Do you agree with Russ's perspective? Miles started off with us.
1: I mean, Stephen A is just, he can come off as a hater sometimes. And I mean, as the years go on, it, it feels like he, he targets certain, certain players a little bit. Like, Russ, he kind of always shows hate. And even in one of the best moments, like when when does anyone ever get a, a thirty-five point, twenty assist, triple double ever? It's it's nearly impossible unless you're Russell Westbrook. Like LeBron's not really gonna do that because it's not gonna happen, but why doesn't happen? Happen? huh? Why doesn't it happen why doesn't Brown do that? I mean he. That's not, he's not, I get what you're, you're go talking. ahead. He's not, he's not hunting the stats, he's not hunting the stats. So uh-huh. they, let me sit up, let me sit up. <laughs> nah, but he, he seems to poke, poke the bear a little bit. And it's like, you could just show love. It's a regular season game, it's elite status that Russ is continually reaching with each triple-double that he gets. But he always brings it back to he doesn't have a championship, which I get. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that don't have a championship. You praise Damian Lillard, but he hasn't made it to the finals ever. So it's like it almost feels like kind of when Shaq was targeting JaVale McGee, other guys like Donovan Mitchell, it's like a little little hate, a little hate, low-key hate. Because I feel like he does that with Russ, with KD a little bit, too. Ever since that move from OKC to Golden State, it's always been a little hate added in there in every take that he has. So it's like you don't have to be like this, Stephen A. I mean, I know you're getting paid the big bucks, but that doesn't mean that you get a pass every time you you come on the the, the air.
0: I think it was the wrong timing. I don't think per se anything like I get what he was saying. I don't think anything was wrong with what he said per se. The timing of it, as you said, after having a game like that, which was historic, you decide to point that out. And nobody, including Stephen A., nobody in Washington, not Joe Biden, not Trump, nobody thought Washington was going to be anywhere near a championship with him coming there. So – this season whatever he does is what he does is greatness yeah I wasn't expecting it to be a championship in Washington he mentioned oh you had Bradley Bill as a teammate now Hart and all these other teammates he's had great teammates with Bradley Bill being his teammate this year ain't nothing coming of it we I mean come cool on, we knew that though so I think his timing of saying that is where it comes off his hate
2: yeah I mean look I don't disagree with anything Stephen A. Smith said because like him or dislike him, he was stating facts, period. Russell Westbrook is a champion off the court, maybe not on the court, but he's definitely a champion off the court, like he said. But at the same time, no one was debating that. No one was talking about that. Him kind of bringing that up is irrelevant. Like I, but we're talking about basketball. If you're looking at his basketball stats, like the man's getting paid a lot of money. And when you get paid that much money, I think he's getting paid 206 million over five years, which is damn near 41 million a season. You are expected to bring a championship to whatever team you're on that's paying you that money. Now we get it. it the Washington Wizards situation wasn't necessarily his choice. Got traded there, but at the same time, like. Him getting triple doubles, this isn't anything new. He's been getting triple doubles. He 's been doing that his whole career. when he was an MVP. he 's one of the most athletic point guards we 've ever seen. Like him doing that, like it's almost expected of him, and I think that's the point that Stephen A. Smith was, was trying to make, and at the same time, like did he say it wrong? Did he say it at bad timing? Absolutely. I, I, I think Stephen A. Smith has uh, a way of phrasing it to grab headlines, to get attention, right? He does it in that he's way on at purpose. That. Yes, he does it in that way on purpose to draw attention to the fact of the point that he's trying to make. You know, he used big words like "blast me" and all that thing, right? So when he's talking about Russell Westbrook in this manner, you know, he said it in a way like, "We're not worried about him getting triple doubles. Who cares if you know he did it three three nights in a row at the same time?" And again, it was it was probably really bad timing. He could have waited till whenever the, the next day or whatever to bring that up and brought it up like, hey, man, he, he, he could have did it the opposite of what he did it. Like give respect first and then say, but hey, Russ, you know, at the same time it's great what you're doing, but hey, we're looking for a championship at this point with the salary that you're getting and, you know, you've been to four conference finals already and you got sent home by James. You got sent home by Damian Lillard already at the same time. But I do, I do have a problem with Stephen A. Smith in this sense when Miles brought up a good point about Damian Lillard. You want to praise Damian Lillard all day long from pulling up from the parking lot and getting these forty point, fifty point games, but hey, Dame in the same boat. Dame ain't bring no championship to to Portland yet, and and yet you're giving him praise. So I do think there's a little uh, type of hate that he may have for Russ for for whatever reason, whatever the case may be, um, because you don't see him talking crazy about Dame and other guys like that who who ball go out about of their me. mind. Don't either. Yeah, don't dude. Right, dudes that ball out of their mind all the time but don't have a championship. You don't hear him talking crazy like this. But, you know, it it's maybe I, I don't know what the what the case is, but uh I, I kinda agree with him a little bit with, you know, Russell at this point, MVP um, not MVPs, uh triple doubles. Triple doubles. It ain't it ain't really nothing new for Russell Westbrook. That's what he's been doing his whole career, so it's kind of expected. What was your take, Greg?
3: Well, well, <laughs>
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's about to get in his bag right now.
3: It's 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 really funny that y'all started making the damn comparison because I wasn't even gonna go there, but I'm happy you did. Um, let me backtrack real quick, but right? I'll get there. Um,
2: Stephen buckle A. Come up, like everybody, that. buckle up.
3: Stephen A. Came off as a hater. Yes, I don't. I tell everybody, I say this on the show all the time, like yo, I don't listen to Stephen A. Smith. I don't put no stock in anything he says, not because he's not credible, because he's an agitator just like Rappaport. He really is. He just does it in a different style, different way. He's more professional right. about it. He's an agitator. He does, he says things, get under people's skin. That's the, he does it for a reaction. His wife responding to him was the best thing that could happen for the first, for first take. That, I'm sure that next show, the ratings were all crazy. That guy is a master of his craft. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to get reactions out of people. That being said, yes, Steve, you, see that what you said was right, bro. He what he was right about everything he said about Russell Westbrook. And he didn't come crazy. I actually thought when I first heard the story and I didn't realize what had happened, I thought that he said something and he came left on the show. He talked about, you know, Russ in a derogatory way. I heard his wife start mm. back at him. I thought that's what it was. When I heard his comments, I was like, oh, this is normal. This is fine. Like I I, there's, I didn't take any, there's nothing offensive about this. He's absolutely right. He's, but back to your point, him saying it after the guy gets a triple double and he gets like a 20 assist game, right? Comes off as him hating and he did it on purpose that way. To right. draw, draw attention to what he was saying, because he said it about Russell before, so it wouldn't have gotten the attention it had gotten if he did. If he said it in a normal way, right? Um, that being said, Russell, like the biggest thing about Russell Westbrook, my problem with him is he never evolved his game since he got to the NBA. If you really think about it, you go back to him coming from UCLA, starting out his career. Yes, his numbers got better, his field goal percentage got better, his, um, his shot selection got a little better. But at times, he's his game is erratic. His game is erratic. He can go on tears where he takes really bad shots, and he takes them at really inopportune times. He lost to rookie Donovan Mitchell with PG on his team. Like, what, he was getting forty million dollars a year at that time. He lost the three-one series to Steph too. It was it was people talk about KD for that, right? It was him too. He had just as much to do with that losing that series as KD did. It wasn't just the KD thing, right? Like, yeah. the reason why it didn't work in OKC between KD and, and Russ, as much as people hate KD, it was Russ's fault. It was his fault. They, they were struggling with the pecking order there. Russ was taking – they were taking turns, taking big shots into the games. And it it, it worked. They won, they won games in regular season. But in the playoffs, yo, guess who needs to have the ball in his hands? KD. KD did. And, and there's always been this really selfish nature about Russell Westbrook. People, I know Brad said he's the best team he ever had. I'm sure he's a great dude. He's a champion, in life, a champion in life. He's a great dude. He's a great player. I'm not taking nothing away from him. What I am saying is, yo, when you go out there and get 20 assists and 20 rebounds and, and 20 points, you're, yo, you're, stat, you're stat padding. There's, it's, you can't debate it. That's in, It's almost. It's nearly impossible to do in a game. It's incredibly impressive. To have done it more than once in your career is incredible. It's an incredible feat. But you're playing for yourself. All right. Even if you're past them, all these guys and they're they're getting making shots, and they may not feel that way, they may not, I'm sure some guys in the league feel this way. They don't say don't say it. It's definitely selfish. It's definitely because LeBron could do that anytime he wants, but he doesn't. But he doesn't because it's not about it's not about his numbers. Like that's not what he's there for. So I, my problem with Russ and it's always been that is that he has not evolved his game. Now if you're gonna talk about the Dame comparison, I'm gonna get there right now. Um, Dame is better than Russ. Dame is better than Russ ever was period. I, I don't think it's close. Cool. I don't think, you you say it's close, sure, I don't think it's that close. Dame is more efficient. He takes high, his shots are more valuable. He can hit three, because of his three-point shooting, that alone, that makes him more valuable on the court. The way he spreads the floor for his teammates, that makes him more valuable. The reason why Dame isn't winning a championship isn't because of him. It's not It's not his fault. He hasn't broken anything up. Guys love, guys love playing with Dame. It is debatable whether or not guys love playing with Russ. All right. It just is. Um, but Dame, the reason why they're not winning, we know this because they don't want to break up with him and CJ McCollum and get him a wing player. And they don't want to, they're they're not doing what they need to do in that front office to make sure that they can win games. That is the bottom, that is the bottom line. And I mean win games in the playoffs. They're a good regular season team, they're cute, but every year we know they have a ceiling. That team has a ceiling, they can't, they top out. But Dame is incredible. And I, I, think, I think he's a better player than, than Russ ever was. So I, that's the reason why you don't hear him going at him as much. Say as much – we can say whatever you want about Stephen A. Smith. He really does know basketball. He really he picks his battles, and he says things, he agitates you. But he does know basketball because he he's you, – if you asked him, I'm sure if you asked that guy, he'd probably tell you Dame's better. Because he is. might played him head-to-head and sent him home. That wasn't no mistake. That wasn't – you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's – so – I love Russ. I love Russ as a player. He's fun to watch. He banged on beyond Bianco. That was incredible. He's the most athletic point guard of all time. I don't even think it's that close at all. But he has some warts in his game. He has warts in his game. He has warts on the resume. Losing to rookie Donovan Mitchell and that in and that sixth game, taking every shot you possibly could. I remember game six in Utah. I remember that. And I remember him taking like 30, 40 shots, shooting like 20% from the field. Hope the film. That was a horrible performance. And he's done stuff like that before throughout his career. And he's just too erratic. His game is erratic. There's not enough control to it. He hasn't evolved enough throughout his career. So that's why we're here. There's expectations. I I don't care about triple doubles as much. You're right. It's watered down to me. I think the reason why we have the narrative about triple doubles being watered down is because of Russ. That's his effect. That's a big effect he's had on the game. It really is. Because whether people want to say it or not, that's everyone's thinking it if you know it subconsciously if you know basketball you know what russ's awards are and that's that's one of them he, he does play for himself a little bit
0: and hey, he has- i want to ask you this the ring culture do you think we go too far and do you think there's inconsistency on how it's used in the media certain players you hold them to that standard other players they get a pass what about the ring culture because honestly if we talk about it and keep it a stack. A part of the super teams, a part of people leaving is because the media has put such an importance on getting championships. Basically, you could average 35 for your whole career, and you didn't get a ring, you're second tier. You can't be in the conversation with the Greeks. It's true.
3: I think sometimes it's warranted for some superstars. The ring conversation with Russell Westbrook is warranted because he was in a position to win a ring and did not. And he played a part, he played a big part in the reason why they lost that series. That's it. You don't lose three, you can't lose a 3-1 lead, bro. It just, it just, it's inexcusable. It just is. Um. So, yeah, I. that's, that's, it's fair in that perspective, but you're right. Like a guy like Devin Booker, for example, he may never win a ring. He may never win one. And, and he's incredible. He's an incredible player, but they're going to, they're going to, guilt him into joining a super team at some point or maybe he'll stay in Phoenix and be a ride do be on some ride or die stuff like Dane's gonna be into and in, with the Trailblazers and they're not gonna remember him the way they that they, they, they that they should. You know what I mean? It bothers guys like Charles. Charles is not remembered the way he should be that's that's the nature of the NBA that's been the history of the NBA if you don't win a ring they don't remember your game the way it should be remembered. You don't get the respect you deserve that's not I don't think that the media fostered this environment. I think fans did. I think fans do. Yeah. I think it's the fan problem. I don't think it's a media problem. Fans heckle these guys in their in, in their comments. Fans DM these guys. Fans mention them on Twitter, talk about you don't got a ring. That's why Shaq comes off as the old man and the hater because people don't. And like Shaq's won rings, but like people really don't realize how great that man was. Like it, it's a lot. It's a lot of that. It's a lot of fan pressure. It's fan generated pressure, and the media buys into it, and they 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 really push that narrative out there when they're on their platform. That's really what I think it is. Media has a big part to do with it for sure. But that's the reason why we're seeing the bio market play out the way it does. Drummond takes less money to go play for the Lakers. Why? Because he knows if I win a ring, there's more opportunities for me off the court after the fact. And I'm not going to get heckled as much if I win a ring here. Like, that's the reality of it. Like, that's that's what it is. So it's a peer pressure environment. But um, is it fair? No. A lot of great players that don't win rings and that it's, it doesn't define you. But Hey,
0: Miles. You had him for a couple of years. You saw it firsthand. I'm sure he was at a couple of games. When it comes to this ring culture conversation before we transition. Talk to me on how you feel about it when it comes to mellow. I had Brett on last night. He said it shouldn't be the same type of standard for mellow because
1: mellow isn't a superstar. Not a superstar? I mean not anymore, but he was <laughs>
3: that's all he was
1: was he saying he New never York? was or was he saying Was he
3: saying he is not anymore. What was he saying? Because this is interesting.
0: I believe if I understood him correctly, oh, no. he was saying he was a star, not a superstar.
3: Oh, I've heard this before. I've heard this before. I've heard it before, too. I've heard this before. This is a common thing.
1: Go ahead, Miles. Say your, say your piece. Mr. Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> Sit up. Oh, my God. I mean, Melo's been getting the slander for years and, I mean, it went left in New York because they didn't surround him with the right pieces i mean he was running up for mvp the year they were the second seed in the east playing with guys like tyson chandler and his point guard was raymond Felton. so it's like what more does the guy have to do to prove that he's a superstar in this league like he's he's been a bucket he's been to conference finals with the nuggets too so it's like not everybody's gonna get a chance to win a ring like he, he's not ring chasing he went to portland who goes to portland by choice like it was it was almost like either go there or fizzle out so and he's showing that he can still play but i just i don't i don't get where that guy's coming from saying that he's not a he was never a superstar because if you watch mellow play you know that he was a superstar
0: you think he should be held to – since you, he's a superstar in your eyes, should he be held to that standard of
1: Melo needs to get a ring? I think he's been held to that standard. I mean, it might have tapered off a little bit because he's not – he's not that level of player anymore. Like, if he was still the number one on a team, of course he'd be catching flag. But he's like a role player on the, the Trailblazers now. So it's like – Right. It's almost – it's almost like, all right, if he gets a ring, we applaud him. It's kind of like Nas getting a Grammy this year. It's like, it's well-deserved. We thought it would come sooner than this, but shout out to him. It's, it's in that same vein. That's how I see it. Well,
0: I don't know. We'll have to really dive deeper into that. That's definitely a conversation for next episode the difference between stars and superstars, because it is a very, very debated topic. I've heard both sides of it. A lot of people say that Melo isn't a superstar. A lot of people say he's just a star. So we'll talk about that next episode. We'll get deeper into that, and we'll list some more names because Mello's not the only one that's been thrown under the bus with that conversation. Transition, flag on the play first one Danny Ainge admits some Celtics players don't want to get the COVID-19 vaccine accept or
1: decline I think that's league-wide though I think a lot of guys are hesitant about getting it so I mean I accept it but it's not really like a quarrel about it there's always going to be hesitancy about getting a vaccine especially in a, a league that's predominantly black and things that have happened in the past so We'll see what happens. That's why Stephen A wants guys to come out and come forward and say, I got the vaccine. So not to put pressure on other guys, but it's like, oh, if LeBron gets the vaccine, then what makes you more, <laughs> not as susceptible to getting the, the virus than LeBron James? Um, with
0: Stephen A, with that thing,
1: before you go back, that, that just really feels like, the
0: people upstairs uh-huh. say this. That uh-huh. that gives me so much of the vibe yeah. because we know if we could get LeBron to do it, the whole league is rocking with it. LeBron is the face of the league. LeBron is the big brother. That's head honcho. You got Giannis still saying, hey, it's LeBron. LeBron's still the greatest player in the, in the NBA right now. He's right. I don't like that he said that, bro, honestly. And
1: Ain't that for the kudos
0: to, Le- kudos, to Le- kudos to LeBron, bro. You're not pressuring LeBron. Stop it! No, bro. Right. This is not a bigger societal issue. This isn't even. This is bigger than sports.
3: You, you not. I always tell people this. You're not going to be able to go anywhere without getting this vaccine down the line. Can't travel abroad without it. Your kids aren't going to go to school without it when, when school's back in session. You're going you to start seeing that. Like, it's you're going to get left behind if you don't take this vaccine. And I think I don't think it's sitting right with a lot of people is what it is because of the general distrust people have for the government, especially Black people. And the league is what 80% Black. That's where we're at. That's what it is. So this is a societal issue. It's not a basketball issue. It's a basketball issue in the sense that they can't grow their business without these guys getting the vaccine. They like to play these games in Mexico. They like to play these games in London. You can't travel abroad. China, how are you going to go abroad? You can't get these guys overseas and promote your game without these guys getting the vaccine. And I don't think any of these guys have a problem with that. They don't care about that. They care about being healthy. They care about making sure they're good. And like y'all said, if Bron got it, the league would fall suit. Because Pat Bev put it best, like when Bron says something, we move, and that's really what it is. But Bron, him being as careful as about what he puts into his body, and him not doing it, is the ultimate indictment on this whole thing for them. Like, people right, look, look, we know no one's gonna take better better care of themselves than Bron, LeBron is. So guess what? We're not gonna do. We're not gonna move until Bron moves here. Maybe there's a lot of there's a lot of that going on. There could be that, and then there's just the general distrust going on with the government too. So it, it's it's tough, but. Um, it's definitely a bigger deal than people are even making it. It's, it's brewing under the surface. It's, it's a whole battle here. It's turn into a whole thing. But wait till this off season. It'll be and it'll be a player association battle. They got to duke it out with uh silver.
2: Hey, but Brock said he's gonna keep that decision between him and his family. So he, he might have already even he might have the vaccine already. You know we, we just don't know. He might be keeping that on on the low. Like he, he not you know what I mean. He might not want his like that's a, a lot of pressure to have on yourself. Be like, all right. If I get the vaccine, is everybody else in the league gonna get the vaccine? I don't want that pressure on me. He's like, I'm gonna get the vaccine. And keep my mouth quiet. He's like, I'll let them do what they want to do. I mean, that's a personal decision you got to make for yourself. You can't make that decision based off, you know, one person getting the vaccine, uh, you know, just because their body, you know, they're they're a freak, right? So, uh, yeah. I mean, bro, for all we know, Bra might already have that vaccine.
0: Yeah, like Greg like, said, though, at some point we'll see it within the next couple months. To do life, you're going to probably have to get the vaccine. They already talk about, I know at Rutgers, just for example, in the fall, if you're staying on campus and stuff, you got to have that vaccine. So yep. if Rutgers doing it, it's only a matter of time for every, everyone. Everything everyone else knows. is doing it, okay. traveling, anything like that. So it's just a matter of time. We just hope that the vaccine is the safest as possible. And the only thing that's the major concern, too, with these new trends, it doesn't protect against that, so it's a, it's a lot of it's a lot to go into that decision. Um, if you hear we,
3: anyone who talks about taking a vaccine and what their concerns are, the concerns about the effects is going to have on you ten years on the line, not tomorrow. Yeah, so yeah. And that's fair. That's a fair concern, yo. They're not crazy for that, but it's it, it's tough because it's unfair that they're going to be put in a position where they can't do regular life things without getting the vaccine. That's not fair. The pressure to return to your job, your office, right? Like you got to go back to work. So you got to get the vaccine before you can go back to work or else you can't get this bread. When it starts affecting people's pockets, they're going to be forced into doing it. It's not fair the way it's all shaking, and sometimes life isn't. But that's a bigger societal issue that we're going to see play out. It's not just in the NBA. It's going to be a thing
0: that we're going to see play out all
3: across the board.
0: So Yes, sir. Next one. DeMarcus Cousins, Boogie, is going to get a 10-day contract to the Los Angeles Clippers, which now puts them as <laughs> – one of the only players to play for all of the uh, California teams, except for the client. <laughs>
2: that's actually pretty funny. The <laughs> the only player to play for every single California team, you said?
0: Sacramento Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, this and the hey, he better.
2: Uh, we talked about it. he better ball in this ten day because if this goes south, this might be he might be done though.
0: He's, he's already done zone.
2: I know, but I'm saying, like, with all the injuries he's had, like, he's always been given, like, chance after chance after chance. We talked about this maybe a, a month and a half ago. Like, if he gets injured again, it's done for him. Like, it's curtains. Like, no more 10-day contracts, no more nothing. Like, you sitting at home, you retired, you find another gig. Like, he he got a boy. Bull- <laughs> yeah,
3: I'm a to for him.
0: Facts. Right. Y'all don't think.
3: He's a better option
0: than Zubak and Ibaka. No. Sheesh. No, Jeez, no he
3: even can't Zubak? play defense. He can't run. He doesn't rim run. He doesn't do the pass balls in a new direction, bro. Like, I don't want to throw the ball to a dude who's going to post up like 50 times a game. And I know he can shoot the ball whatever, but the way the Boogie was eating in those days of the Pelicans, the least early days of the Kings, post-ups, high usage, post-ups, hitting three-point shots, and even isolating sometimes. The outside, like even dribbling, like driving, like he was doing all that. His game's not his game's not catered to today's NBA, where there's where there's an emphasis on perimeter shooting with your guards and your wings. So, no, like he's not a better fit than even Zubash now. It's actually crazy. It, 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 he's better at bass. He's better, he's a better basketball player than Zubach. If you go to the park, he's gonna kick Zubac butt butt in a one-on-one. <laughs> he's better, but he's not a better fit for an NBA system than Zubac is. There's no system that needs him to do what he did five years ago. So there is no comeback. And it's really sad because he was on a he was on a Hall of Fame trajectory. That's where he was at. And he got hurt. And it just goes to show you the shelf life in the NBA and pro sports is, is really short. Take advantage of it while you can. Get that bread while you can. Because and Isaiah Thomas is another good example. He's another good example. It's, it's, really, it's really go hand in hand for both of them. Ain't nobody need Isaiah Thomas to do what he was doing in, in, in Boston anymore. They don't need it. Like it's both, both of them. It's really sad. It's that's how short your self life is. And you know what, Boogie should be happy because you know what, his his contract was guaranteed, when he got that extension. That was what it was. But when Isaiah got hurt, it was right before the bag came. The bag, the bring truck, the, the bring truck never made it. He kept saying, "Back of the bring truck that junk got that junk hit a curb and never made it." And
2: so he mm-hmm. he, he, he got a he, flat tire on the way. He got
3: caught a flat tire on the way. That's what happened. He got it got hit up for he got hit up like they do in GTA. They get that cash off it. They get they got they hit a lick. That's what happened, bro. And it's all Danny Angel's fault. But and all like it's just it's sad, man. It's a sad story. But nah, man, he's he's not a fit for NBA system anymore. Like, what what's, what what team needs him doing that? I don't need him doing that. I am just I just yo, drumming, same thing, bro. I don't need you posting up like that, bro. Like that's not your job. I told y'all. How you supposed to be getting other night without Bron there? Not that many.
1: Y'all anyway, see. I'll see, bro.
3: I don't, don't
1: want to get in his IT piece. I
3: know it's the IT, but, yo, it's, it's so true, bro. It's the proof in the pudding, bro. It's, these NBA execs tell you how they feel, bro. That's what it is. It's the same thing with Russ Westbrook. They want to take it back there. Why did no one trade for him? If he's so great. Why did no one trade for him? Because they don't think he's worth $40 million. He's a buyout candidate in a couple of years. Give him a couple of years. They're going to buy him out, and then they're going to do him dirty. His career's going to end dirty. Watch, bro. I'm telling you, because teams don't need that. I don't need you to give me 20 assists. No. Can you give me a playoff win? <laughs> Can you? Are you facts. I can't, I can't even argue with you.
2: I can't they even argue feel, with you. They
3: tell you how they feel about you. IT's not in the league right now. He's still on the couch. He's still on the couch. He's still working hard. Talking about, talking about. What you, what's your slogan? Slow grind. That grind be mad slow for mad long. <laughs> That's,
0: that's nah, you're
2: coming disrespectful. Oh,
3: it's not disrespectful, bro. It's just the truth. I love Isaiah Thomas. I love Isaiah Thomas, bro. He's a lefty. I love he Isaiah said,
2: He said, slow grind. That grind been mad slow for mad long. That's it's disrespectful true. as hell.
3: No, bro. It's true. I'm not on some Aunt Edward stuff right now.
2: Isaiah uh, Thomas is going to be in the league next year. He's going to sign a, a 10 day.
3: A 10 day? He was a top three MVP candidate a couple years ago, bro. It's not Isaiah Thomas's fault. It's not his fault. Danny Ainge is the one to blame. You know what's sad too? He had to come out and kiss Danny Ainge's butt every time he gets a chance to see if he can get a chance in the league. He can't make no enemies. He's not in a position where he can make enemies, so he can tell so he'll go. Oh, I want to go back to the Celtics. No, you don't. You, you want to get back in the league. You don't want to go back to the Celtics. They, they ruined you. They screwed you. That's what happened. This yeah. screwed him. He was on. The, he was on a Hall of Fame trajectory too. And He might have been a borderline candidate. I mean, we had. We don't. Who knows how many more good years he had left? You know what I'm saying? Like. All teammate, all star teams. Like, nah, bro. It doesn't sit right with me the way his way the way his career ended. But you, it's acceptance. This is a final stage of grief. Acceptance. Boogie's done. Boogie's not boogieing no more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I say Thomas. He on that slow That grind. That grind. That grind came to a halt. He's still grinding, but like it's just, it's just, there's no results here. And it's sad. It's really sad, but it's true.
0: Transitioning to the next one. <laughs> Flag on the play um yeah. <laughs> dan arvorsky <Arbalski, laughs> dan arvorsky was asked about why he thinks justin fields has dropped i'm gonna read y'all what he said oh, i love this one i have heard that he is a last guy in first guy out type of quarterback like not the maniacal work ethic i've even heard it compared to justin herbert where it was like, dude, when Justin Herbert showed up, he was like a psychopath when it came to working and getting ready for the draft. Or even at school, like, give me more. I want to work nonstop. And I've heard that there are issues with Justin Fields' work ethic. The second thing is, where is his desire to be a great quarterback? I think that there's a desire to be a big-time athlete from what is expressed to me, but where is his desire to be a great quarterback? And if he's great, You got to be willing to find things that you are not good at and just freaking grind on. Now, he did come out today, and he apologized, saying that the sources that he had lied to him, and it's believed maybe because they were trying to have Justin Fields drop in the draft. He said that he spoke to Ohio State personally, and Ohio State, who actually coached him, said he has a good work ethic his reports aren't true. Hold up, Greg.
2: Hold up, Greg. (laughs) Let me go. Let me go. I have have to explode. This is the problem that I have with with these reporters, man. There's too many apologies going on right now. Way too many apologies going on. Get it right the first time. If you want the facts and if you want the answer, go to Justin Fields. Hey, how are you going to become a great quarterback? You know, what are you doing to prepare yourself? to become a great quarterback and not just you know a good athlete in the NFL ask him himself stop going off of Joe Schmo told me this he doesn't work hard he doesn't work hard and then come out oh yeah my sources were wrong the next day like that's crap no one wants to hear that you're you're a reporter this is what you do for a living get the facts right the first time Justin uh, Fields we're going to talk about him when we talk about the Matt Jones comparison and, and what they're doing in, in, the, in the draft stock and all that so we're not going to get into it too much right now but hey, he's he, he going to be in good hands in the league. And, you know, his, his pro day proved that. But, uh, yeah, man, <laughs> you got to get it right the first time. You can't be coming out the next day uh, after you made a bold statement like that, talking about, hey, he, you know, he, he doesn't work hard and, and whatnot, and then apologize the next day. That's, that's, that's BS.
0: I think the other thing, too, with this, we constantly see this happen to the black quarterback, man. and Always. even Even with the apology – I hope not, but you could see something like this affecting Justin Fields. And we talk about he in the second round or the third round getting drafted. And this uh, is you shaking your head, Miles, but we've seen this happen before based off of bad people's reports. Again, the media has that power of creating the narrative. Hey, this person don't work hard. You can't say this about a quarterback that, hey, he's the last one in and the first one out. And it don't affect your draft stock some type of way. We could transition straight into Mac Jones right now. San Francisco moved up in the draft, and everybody's going to go see Mac Jones. There's our reports that Mac Jones is going to be drafted higher than Justin Fields.
2: Let them make that
0: mistake. And we already knew we had Justin Fields. Was it was in the beginning? It was him and Trevor Lawrence. Little by little. Justin Fields is getting out of that conversation as even the top three quarterbacks getting drafted right
3: now. Oh. Yo, don't, you don't think Dan Orlowski knew that the source that told him that Justin Fields doesn't work hard, wanted him to fall, was feeding him false information so he can go on TV and spew it out so Justin Fields could fall to that team selfishly? You don't think that he knew that? He did it on purpose, bro. They do this all the time and it's only with it's only with black quarterbacks. Every single time, it, it never fails. the black quarterbacks, bro. When do you ever, yo? When have you serious question? When have you ever heard them come out, the media come out, and bash a white quarterback's work ethic? When? It's never about that. It's it's always X's and O's. It's always and it, and by the way, they qualify everything. So if the guy's not a good deep ball thrower, he's a great student in the classroom. And the guy, if the guy, if the guy can't hit a crossing route, then he he's a guy who he. he he goes to the orphanage and helps out kids in the, in the weekends. They qualify with ev- they qualify every single time, bro. It, it's done. This is so strategic on their part, and it's it's evil, downright evil, because they're not this kid. They're costing him millions of dollars, is what they're doing. It was the conversation was Justin Fields versus Trevor Lawrence forever. Mac Jones had nothing to do with this. Mac Jones is a guy who went to Alabama and played with great receivers with a great O line. And he and he managed the game. He did a great job managing the game. There was nothing special about Mac Jones. You watch him play; nothing special. I know people can come to me in the comments. I'm gonna get ahead of this. I know I'm a Daniel Jones fan. I know Daniel Jones was taken high. And I know he was taken over Dwayne Haskins. It happened to work out that Dwayne, Daniel Jones is better than Dwayne Haskins. I think we can say this. But yo, full disclosure, I wanted Dwayne Haskins. I wanted Dwayne Haskins. I didn't want Daniel Jones. I hadn't seen Daniel Jones play, I, and I, I, I was uh, it wasn't up until after I saw his film after the Giants had made the selection that I realized, yo, Daniel Jones is actually pretty pretty good at football. He just got a broad deal. He played a bad team, but he can play. I don't see the special that I see with Daniel Jones that I see when I watch Mac Jones play, and I and I, I and it's so crazy that both of the last names are Jones, by the way. I didn't realize that till just now. But I'm also saying you know, with Justin Fields, like. He's special. He's special. Like it, it's it's written all over him, bro. He can make every throw in the field. He runs a 4-440. Four, How are you knocking this guy? Like in what world does this guy fall? They always fall. It's every time. Black quarterbacks always fall. They always need to fall, bro. Every single time you find any excuse to knock them down a pay. That's that's what they do. Oh, it was a he was a one-read quarterback, is there is the narrative right now? Right? It was only they say it's only six, six examples where he goes through all of his progressions in a play. His receivers get open. They win. Like, he doesn't have to go through his reads all the time. That doesn't mean he can't go through his reads. Like, what are we talking about right now? It's always a knock on the IQ, and it's always a knock on the work ethic with black quarterbacks, which you've never seen with white quarterbacks, ever. It's irresponsible. I've been, I've been seeing it all week. And Mac Jones, if, the, if San Fran takes Mac Jones over, over Justin Fields, so be it. So be it. It'll be their mistake. It'll be their mistake that they made. Right. And, and I know that Mac Jones is walking through a really good situation where he's going to have all these players. So he's going to look good initially. Just got to let it, got to give it time to let it play out. But it's not even close who's more talented. Come on now, it's not even close. I don't think anyone can tell me, seriously tell me Mac Jones is better than Justin Fields. Please, I dare you, bro. Please don't come in the comments talking about that, please. It don't make no sense. You know, everyone knows damn well that Justin Fields is a better player. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think Justin Fields was the best quarterback in the draft. I think Trevor Lawrence overrated. Trevor Lawrence benefits from being a white quarterback with long blonde hair who can throw the ball hard. That's what it is, bro. I'm telling you, it, it, it's crazy. they talk talking about he's he's the best quarterback, best college quarterback ever. He's not better than Andrew Luck. He's not better than Deshaun. Hey, yo, by the way, just, just before I finish, they took Mitchell Trubisky over Deshaun Watson. Did they know, Mich- did they know Deshaun was Deshaun Cosby at the time? No. To quote you, they didn't know that. They didn't know that. There was nothing to knock Deshaun on. Oh, he, wanna, he beat Alabama. He was a baller, and they took Mitch over him. They'll find any excuse to put him in. And, you know, if if you're one of those people who who don't think racism exists, racism exists in every prism of life, but especially in sports. This should be obvious. Go watch a Mac Jones tape and watch some Justin Fields tape, and then tell me that these dudes aren't racist. Tell me that. That's what it is. They Askew racist, period. Pushing that narrative. That's irresponsible. That's irresponsible, you know? What, What else can you call it?
0: Irresponsible.
3: Like, come on, son. That's crazy.
0: Jets have a number two overall pick. They are in need of a quarterback. San Fran moved up in the draft. They decided to trade with Dolphins. They got the number three overall pick in exchange for that 12th pick and some other picks in between, third pick and whatnot, third round. Those spots right there, number two and number three, Miles. Both teams need quarterbacks. Jimmy G is not happy about San Fran moving up to get his future replacement. Who are you picking? Number two and number three. Who are you picking? Does Justin Fields get picked
1: in any of those two picks? It should be the third pick. I don't think he's... At this point, I don't think he's an option at number two. I think he's an option for the 49ers. I think the Jets have already kind of decided that they're going to go with Zach Wilson, build around him. And I wouldn't be mad at either guy, getting fields or... Zach Wilson like Justin Fields is a he's a playmaker like and who else is running a 4-4 40 like that in this draft or in the last couple drafts besides Lamar so for San Fran they had to have traded up they didn't trade up for Zach Wilson they traded up for a chance to get one of these top three quarterbacks and I think Justin Fields they don't need to overthink it. Like Mac Jones is cool. He played on a, a good Alabama team, which, I mean, Alabama's good every year. So it's not like it's that hard for the quarterback to produce. So his stats this year are a little – you take it with a grain of salt because he had the Heisman Trophy winner on his team. He also had Jalen Waddle, who even though he got hurt, another elite receiver in this draft, another top – 15 pick so you got two receivers going top 15 for your team i mean justin Fields, he would have had chris olave but he didn't come out like justin fields is going to be good in the the league so i don't i don't get where everybody's up in arms about it i know i'm getting off topic but
3: no, you shouldn't you talk about it bro yeah
1: it's it's crazy because i mean fields coming into college i think he was either one or two in most of the, the high school rankings between him and Trevor Lawrence. So it's like now you're, you've are you seen his film. You start to overlook some things and, and overanalyze some things too. Like he's a one-read quarterback. I mean, like- They're Greg,
2: basing that just off the Northwestern game, which is crazy. It's wild.
1: Yeah, and Northwestern had the top five defense in college football last year. So it's like- Historically good every yeah. year. Like, as if he can't have a bad game. He had to have a perfect game every year for him to be picked second in this draft. While Trevor Lawrence, he didn't really play that well against Ohio State. So it's like he's still going number one. People kind of overlook some of those bad games. And right. Justin Fields has an off game in the Northwestern game. And that's held
3: against him as a cardinal sin. While Trevor Lawrence can go out there and be be mediocre in big games, and he, and you watch him play, he doesn't. There's a lot of times he doesn't wow you. This is so true. Wow. You're you're on you're hitting the nail on the head. It's it's a car. It's, it's you can hold it against Justin, but you can't hold it against Trevor. Trevor Trevor's godsend. He, he came down here. He, he, he baby Jesus now out here. That's that's what that's what they're anointing him as.
0: It's crazy, bro. You can't you can't hey, say it. it's not racism. You can't say it. It's definitely league wide. Reading all the reports, that. San Fran moved up to get Mac Jones. Yeah. it's league-wide, that's the belief. And just another quote to put out there that's pushing the narrative and I think is absolute nonsense. Chris Sims, who was a quarterback himself, Mm -hmm. Kyle Shanahan trying to control his own fate. You trade up to three for a quarterback who is NFL-ready right now. Not a project. And to him, he says that's Mac Jones. So that yeah, shows buddy. you right there. That's, I'm not of the Greens, but that shows you right there. The narrative is being pushed. I don't think he, Justin Fields is not getting picked top three, nah. maybe top four.
3: four. Trey Lance not get picked over him too. Yo, they, 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 black quarterbacks are always a project. When have you ever said them say black quarterbacks are already? Like when? When do we ever say? Just, I, I, I I, gotta think re- you gotta think really hard. It shouldn't be this hard, bro. It shouldn't be this hard to fit to find one. Like it's it's crazy. It's so obvious what they're doing, and people don't want to call a spade a spade. It's so wild to me. Like it's clearly race driven. And Dominique Foxworth was on TV this morning and he pointed that out. Shout out to him on ESPN get up. He said that a lot of this is, is you got he said it in the most in the cleanest way possible. You don't want to lose his job, keep getting them checks. I understand. But he said, yo, like this is a lot of this is race driven. A lot of this is race-driven. Race plays a factor in the way that we evaluate these quarterbacks. One million percent. So Trevor Lawrence's bad games don't count against him, but Justin Fields does. Zach Wilson's bad games don't count against him because he can throw the ball while skipping to his left and right, but Justin Fields can do the exact same thing, and it doesn't look as good. Yo, Justin Fields made the exact same throw that Zach Wilson did. And nothing. (laughs) Crickets. I ain't hear no. I ain't hear nobody on TV talking about it, raving about the same way. I ain't even blow up on Twitter the same way. Just think about it, bro. It's so obvious. It's right in front of us, bro. It's really crazy. Sports is just a smaller microcosm of the world. The world is racist. Sports is racist. So I always bring it back to race. It's just real. That's just. It's just the reality of it.
0: Exactly hey, Chris. I mean. Before we before we transition to the next topic. So I think we're all in agreement. Top three picks. Justin Fields doesn't get picked. You got. Atlanta at four, who you might say needs a quarterback of the future. Your Bengals, y'all got your quarterback. Miami got their quarterback. Seven, Detroit, guess they got their quarterback. Mm -hmm. Eight, Carolina, Mm, I don't know if you got your quarterback. And Denver, who also is technically in need of a quarterback. Between four to nine, do you think he even gets picked in?
2: I think Carolina is definitely an option. Denver, I'm not sure if uh, if Denver goes goes ahead and, and takes a chance on him, or, or they you know think Locke's their guy and and they you know grab a piece to go ahead and help him out because they got Jerry Judy now. So if they get him another wide receiver, maybe they can see something out of Locke. But I I don't know, man. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough because we we know he's not going number one. We know it's Trevor Lawrence. We know probably. Uh, Zach Wilson will probably go go number two if they take a quarterback. Number number three, it, it sounds like you know the the 49ers are, are hung up on on Matt Jones after going to his pro day where where he did play mediocre. He missed a few deep balls, two actually in a row, and then uh you know he was inconsistent to start off. Um, but I mean that's a whole whole another different. He's a pocket passer, and and Shanahan had already said he's like hey you know I, I want someone that can do. Know the run pass option, and if you want someone that can do the run pass option, Matt Jones is not your guy, the guy is right in front of you, and that's Justin Fields. So it it sounds like they don't even know what they want. Um, but apparently, you know, Matt Matt Jones is going to be their guy. But, um, I I think honestly, you know, Justin Fields might fall past nine, he might fall past nine. But I will say this whatever team gets him is going to be very, very pleased and very, very happy. And here's why I'm taking him over Jones. It's like that. He's a bigger threat in terms of what he can do on the field. He can be a pocket passer if needed. Um, he knows how to stand in the pocket. We've seen him take big hits. We've seen him complete the throws when when the blitz is coming. He can kill kill teams in the RPO. The kid has a four four three speed. Not many quarterbacks and not many people in the league have that amount of speed. Like it's just it's just his ability to extend plays along with his legs and throw on the run. Like we said, we saw him make the same throw rolling out to his left off balance through the deep ball, that, that post corner in the end zone um, at his pro day. Same way Zach Wilson did and feel like, oh yeah, he made he made a few good throws. But when Zach Wilson makes that throw, you see it on Sports Center Instagram, you see it on Bleacher Report Instagram, it's everywhere. Justin Fields is the real deal. Um, so hey, I mean his mindset's right, you know, Justin Fields came out and said, Hey man, you know, whatever team uh, you know, takes Another quarterback over me. He's like, I hope I play them. That's all he said. He said, I'm gonna leave it at that. I hope I play them, and that's the right mindset because he he said I'm the best quarterback in this draft, and he may be right. He may be matter of fact. He is right. He is the best quarterback in this draft.
0: Well, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence
3: I think, overrated on the, on that on that bandwagon. Hey man, you gotta get a pull up for that. Trevor Lawrence,
0: overrated, bro. The lights going. The lights I getting. Think, on the- I don't think he's
2: overrated. Justin Fields exposed him. We showed him he was overrated. His confidence was down, bro. He was soaking the game.
1: Man. Man.
0: Overrated, bro. Hey, Miles, talk talk to us. You, you don't think he's overrated?
1: I don't. I think in that Clemson-Ohio State game, Clemson's defense was awful all year. So I'm not discrediting Justin Fields at all. I think he made a lot of plays. He took a shot and finished the game and still was making plays. But – like Trevor Lawrence was going up against that Ohio state defense, which they were actually pretty good minus the championship game. They were pretty good this year, but I don't know. I I think people can think he's overrated because they're saying he's the best in the last 20 years, but this kid went up against Alabama his freshman year and basically tore them to shreds as a true freshman, not many true freshmen go on the national stage and, just light it up like that. Like he wasn't even the starter for most of the year, but they saw how good he was. And Kelly Bryant, wherever he is, he probably hates him more than Greg at this point. So it's I like I hate
3: him. I don't hate Trevor Lawrence, bro. I did not think Trevor Lawrence benefits from being a white man who happens to look like 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 most pictures of Jesus, which are inaccurate. Okay, that's really what Jesus was brown, by the way. All right, like we want to be. You're going to talk facts. All right like so I, I it's crazy to me that 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 he gets to be called the greatest college quarterback in the last 20 years bro you all did y'all ever see andrew luck play i'm make mean, andrew luck you ever saw him play at stanford how cold he was cold bro he was amazing amazing bro i'm it's not even close it's not even close bro it's it's not even close between him and andrew luck who's the better college quarterback you kidding me bro come on son
0: Oh, By the way, crazy. speaking of Fields and his combine run, the only quarterback to have a better run than him was actually not Lamar Jackson; it was Robert Griffin with a four point four one back in two thousand twelve. Well, Lamar so,
1: Lamar ran a four two.
3: Lamar
0: ran. Lamar ran a four two, bro. Lamar crazy. Same <laughs> with Mike Vick. Yeah. So it's like yeah, Mike, yeah. Mike I'm Dick. saying. I'm saying obviously what is on the combine we know we know what it is you know vic was something something completely (laughs) different and me personally before we transition i'm taking prime
1: vic over lamar jackson that's just me i'm taking prime vic he's way better a, a, a passer than lamar will ever be i think damn I hope that's not true. Oh I hope it's not true too. But Mike Vick, yeah, but right now, definitely one of the most gifted passers of all time. Out. He don't get credit for that. They don't talk about that either. Because of them dogs. Because of It wasn't about them dogs. It's not about them
3: dogs, bro. It's you silent. know exactly why they don't talk it's about silent. it. You know I don't talk about it. He's made some of the greatest moves I've ever seen, bro. And they they act like he just some dude ran fast and had and had an incident with the dogs, bro. Man, I'm I'm telling you call a spade a spade bro people out here is wild racist perpetuating racist narratives I hear
0: Mike Vick was cold oh telling you bro point blank point blank Michael Vick was cold Cold. there's no argument on that on no argument on that NFL we talked about it we talked about it it's official now it's going to be a 17 game season what do you think the implications of the 17-game season is. You see players, it's kind of mixed. They don't like it. Some players are cool with it. They're getting an extra million dollars because of that one-plus game. What are your thoughts on the approval of 17 games now?
2: Yeah, what's crazy about the 17-game season is, is one, it, it puts, you know, not a damper, but it puts more stress on, on the players, right, to have to carry their season out longer. That's another week of traveling. That's another week of you know, game planning and, you know, it's towards the, obviously that 17th game is right before playoffs. And you saw it this past year with the chiefs, like, you know, the police, the chiefs clinched pretty early. Um, so the past two games, you know, they had Chad Henney start at quarterback. Um, so it, it, it gives the players a, a time of rest, but at the same time, like it also puts some L's on your record. You know, if, if you're you're backup, if you want to rest your players for uh, the playoffs and in, in your, um. You know, squad. Your your main players like Pat Mahomes and uh, Travis Kelsey are going to be out. You know, as of week fifteen. You know, that's two games. You got to depend on your second string and, and your backups to kind of carry the load. Not that it necessarily matters, but at the same time, um, you know, you got to keep players from getting injured. But the one thing that I noticed about this seventeen game season is that hey, a lot of these records are going to be broken. We're gonna we're gonna have many new records, single season records for across all positions right you know the amount of catches a receiver gets that's a whole extra game the amount of sacks you know you can run the sacks up by by three in, in one game um passing yard you can run that up by 400 uh you know players these quarterbacks out here throwing for 400 plus yards a game um there's going to be a lot of people that are record holders now that won't be record holders next year uh, just due to this extra game so uh, we're, we're going to see that. We we saw that years ago when it went from 14 games to 16 games. Um, and, and that's going to be the case again. A lot of these people are going to be losing their titles um, for, for being record holders.
0: Ma, wow, are you a fan of the 17 games?
1: Um, I mean, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm not playing in the league. I, I don't mind watching the extra week of something. Oh, of them.
2: Dang, You better be a
0: fan.
1: <laughs> like, looking at the week 17 or week 18 whenever some of those games are pretty good like the Buccaneers against the Colts that's that's another one that intrigues me so you just get another week of possibly good matchups and then coming down the stretch like like Greg was saying I mean like Chris was saying you're gonna have guys sitting out and I think more and more if you you're in a, a blowout situation during the season, you might have guys sitting like the second half or like at they take a couple plays in the third quarter, but they're up by so much they don't need to play because they need to make it through the whole season. So mm. I'm pretty sure there's I mean, think about last, that. Yeah, there's one less preseason game. So it's like we're gonna see low management in the NFL now? You could. I think that's a, a possibility. I mean, that's another game but they're going head to head with each other that's that's tough it's like it's football like injuries happen every week I don't think there's ever been a week in the NFL where somebody doesn't leave a game because of an injury like it's the most violent sport in sports so you're just adding one more week of violence to the season and I don't know I think that's I don't know if they're discussing it, but I definitely think that might be an option is resting some of these players. You might sit them that 17th game or the last two games, especially if you like he said, if you've locked up a spot, what am I playing you these last two games? We don't really need to win. We need you to to be healthy for the playoff run
2: true for the teams that are dominant all year long it might even be longer than that if, if you clinch in in week 12 right or, or not that might be a little too early but if you clinch in in week 13 14 like they might start sitting players out in week 14.
1: I mean I think that they'll they might still play like a few snaps here and there like use those last couple games sort of how they do preseason like they play mm-hmm. a, a series or two but like this this doesn't really matter for us like you got to still keep that chemistry because if you've seen some of these teams that sit players that last week going into the playoffs are a little rusty going in. So you don't want that rust factor to to come into to play.
0: Greg, who does this benefit more, players or the owners?
1: Owners. <laughs>
2: Why would you ask him that? Yes. You knew you knew the answer to that and you uh, wanted him regardless. to go off. Like... I was going to say regardless. He's testing you. Yeah, he's testing you. <laughs> hey, come on, bro.
3: the owners. Come on. selfish. This is pretty You know
2: Alvin what he's doing. Kamara.
3: Alvin Kamara had a reaction. Where he said, this is some bulls along those lines. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. And a fan slid in his DMs, all right, and, and basically said, you know, you're lucky to play this game. What happened to real football players, yada, yada. Meanwhile, the real football players he's talking about back in the 80s and 70s and all that stuff played 16 games. But, at, but you know, they didn't play 17
1: games a year. This is new. Not this
0: only new. that, they can't walk right
3: now. They can't walk. They have CTE. They got all different types of issues.
1: I think so, they played fourteen games. Yeah, I was about to say they played fourteen games. They played fourteen. Oh,
3: okay, but real football players. All right, cool. So <laughs> the, 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 the crazy thing about this is it's unfair to the players. It's, it's 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 messed up. It's messed up. It's it's and it's all built. It's all born of cor- corporate greed. Uh, greed, except this time, the corporate greed is from these owners. Um, yeah. This is going to be something that the NFLPA is going to fight about. I'm sure. Um, it's good on paper for fans great more football they want to get ways to find ways to get more football for us and get us see more football and I understand that but this was not the right way to go about doing it um, I would be lying to you if I said as a fan I wasn't excited to see more games but I also don't think it's a really good thing for the league at all even for even for fans from a fan perspective your favorite player may go down in week 17 may go down in week 16 17 especially if they because most teams don't clinch that early only a couple teams do you know what I'm saying? It won't be right. you know what I'm saying? Only a couple teams clinch that early to where they can rest their players. That's not a luxury most teams have. So your players, your star players are gonna be out there for, for an extra week taking an extra pounding and the injury rate in the NFL is 100 percent So this this isn't as good as fans may think it is. It's it's all it's all good until you're until your play, your your quarterback goes down with an injury, or your, your running back, your star running back goes down, or your tight end. This is a, a pivotal part of your team. So it, it's it's it sucks. And from from a Giants fan perspective, it sucks even more because I wanted to wrap up that division in 16 weeks and I got to wait an extra week to wrap it up and celebrate. So it just it just delays the celebration for me. But, hey, man, like, nah, it, it's it's completely born out of just complete greed from the owners. But, um, hey, man, listen, it, it is what hey. it is. we saw it coming. It's going to be a fight, though.
0: From the fan perspective, as Miles mentioned, there are some pretty exciting games that they have out there. I want to hear from y'all. What games are you looking forward to most if you had to pick two or three? You got Packers at Chiefs, Bears at Raiders, Vikings at Chargers, Lions at Broncos, Cowboys at Patriots, Eagles at them Jets, Seahawks at the Steelers, Washington at the Bills, Giants at the Dolphins, Buccaneers at Colts, Saints at Titans, just to mention a few, 49ers at Bengals. Which of these games, I didn't even mention all of them, which of these games are y'all looking forward to the most to, to watch? Hold Just on a bad aspect. Look, Giants, hold there, you
3: Dolphins, should... Giants Dolphins because your man Miles over here was talking <laughs> <to> <laughs> the was better. And when Dan Jones walks into that week 17 with having thrown 34 touchdowns to 35 <laughs> touchdowns <laughs> in a year and only having like seven picks. And, and meanwhile, two over here is going through the sophomore, something that quarterbacks go through. Then what, what are we going to talk about? Yo, don't. <laughs> Yo, they got Galladay. They got all these pieces. Yo, man, don't don't let me be right. I go from talking about the schedule to talking about the Giants because right.
1: the Giants are on the schedule. And I'm, he asked me about a game. I'm excited about a specific game. All, all the teams are, are on the trash. huh? All the teams are on the schedule. Oh, you're you're, you're giving your your games that you want. All right. All right. Yes, yes. You was giving. You was <laughs> talking that trash. Giants, Dolphins. Here's our chance right here. We're
3: gonna get a matchup. This is gonna be the first matchup of their careers of their respective careers. And I, I'm telling you, Daniel Jones will outgun him. And I'm telling you, Daniel Jones will have a better season than Tool this year. We'll see. And you can bet that. You can bet that it's, right. it's, it's, it's done, bro. I'm telling you, bro. Don't let me – yo, don't let me right about Daniel Jones, bro. Y'all not going to like me. Listen, they don't like, listen, me, they don't like me now. They're not going to really like me if, they, if
0: Daniel's nice.
2: On that thought, on that thought, on that game, right, Giants, Dolphins, where are they playing?
0: In Miami, I In think. Miami.
2: Okay, so they playing in Miami. The only thing that I think you should be concerned about, and I'm just saying this as a friend, <laughs> yo, the Dolphins – Moved back because they weren't worried about getting the quarterback, right? They moved back to the 12th pick, but they traded and got the 6th pick. So now they have the 6th pick and the 18th pick. You know they getting some wide receivers. So although y'all got Galladay, Galladay still got to prove himself after being injured last year. But, yo, it, it, yo hold up, hold up. It's going to be scary hours for you. Hold up. Hold, I'm not playing with you. <laughs> it's going to be scary hours for y'all if – the the Dolphins go ahead and, and Tua doesn't hit that sophomore slump, right? Tua let's say, let's say Tua is is going all season, like playing playing good, playing as we expect Tua to play, right? And now they have let's say they get Jamar Chase at at number six, right? Or or Devonte Smith or somebody of that caliber. And then they go ahead and get another wide receiver at 18, maybe like a Jalen Waddle or somebody like that. You, ain't a get Waddell 18, you know it. Stop playing.
3: Stop playing for six long as hell. Yo, right. yo, yo, right. yo. Wait,
0: wait.
3: Giants won't just have a uh, an ascending quarterback who will be in the conversation for a top 12 spot in the NFL in terms of being a quarterback. He'll be a top 12 to top, top, top 12 to top 10 quarterback next year. David Jones.
1: Can you read No BS. Nah, Not no, say the best
3: receiver her, too. Wow. Her cousin was top twelve a couple years ago, so yes, they're going to be top twelve. Um, but um, but they'll also have the best, uh, the best passing defense in the NFL because last year they had a great one, and they only added two with the Dory Jackson, and they got Xavier McKinney who's gonna play a full year. Y'all don't know Xavier McKinney yet. Giants fans do know he he's special. We Alabama, know him
2: from Alabama. Special.
3: We know him. All oh, right, yeah. So so Miles on Miles, I think you don't know him now. Miles at the Maryland press. Who that is? All right, I'm making sure. So I, I'm saying to you, you know, listen, they won't they won't be able to lock up whoever they put out there. And I know Jamar Chase is a freak, but I got Bradbury. Bradbury, mm-hmm. Bradbury the kind of kind of corner you need to guard guard a guy like guard a like um Jamar Chase. And he's not getting Waddle, so I'm not really tripping off that.
0: I would listen take Chris. So I was thinking. so is there any other games outside of the Giants the Austin games that interest y'all? Not for
1: Greg, no. But no, 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 that's not true. Bucks.
3: Uh, the uh, the, Bucks, the Bucks, the Bucks, the Bucks versus the Colts is interesting. I think it'll be really interesting to see how the Bucks will be playing for a, playoffs, a playoff spot in Week 17. It won't be resting their players at that time, so that will be fun too.
0: That's a bold prediction, right there.
3: that will be fun because they will still be, be playing for one, be playing for them, one of them wild cards.
1: another Tom Brady slate. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: today, you on a road? crazy. <laughs> hey, bro. Hey, it, it, it's gotta happen. Because the other first guy, the other shoes gotta drop at some point. All right, and I think that this year you're gonna start to see a little bit. All right, that's so, Hey, listen, we'll see. We'll see. They brought back all their starters, right? So
1: they'll be playing for a playoff spot.
0: Miles, Chris, any games for
1: y'all? I mean, I already said Buccaneers, Colts. I think that's going to be a good one. We'll see how Carson Wentz is playing by then. Um, That'd be interesting that too. Who else? I would say Packers, Chiefs, but I could see them both sitting their starters by this point. Like. They'll both have won the division by then. So what? what's the point? But that's kind of what people would want to see in the Super Bowl. They want to see Rodgers versus Mahomes. So it would be nice to see those two guys go at it. We'll see. Let the chips fall where they may. And then definitely not Giants-Dolphins. But
0: <laughs>
1: you, really will watch you better watch mm-hmm. that because you're talking all that trash. You can't do that. You might as to bring the Jets. You you rather well watch Giants Dovers and watch the Jets play next year. I'll tell you that right now. And I could see Rams Ravens being a good game too. Cause Stafford, I think he's gonna change that team. The Rams are the sleeper. I, hey, a sleeper.
2: I don't think the 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 Ravens are gonna be the same team that we thought they was gonna be. They would they wasn't impressive last year. I don't think they're gonna be impressive this year either. Uh, I think I think the Ravens are gonna take a back seat in in the AFC North and uh yeah, man, I, I think that
0: that game might be a blowout. Real quick, before we transition, who do you think won in the AFC North? Is the Ravens is taking a step back. Still is. I think the Browns got it this year. Browns probably again.
2: Browns got I, think, it. I think the Browns got it this year.
3: Very sustainable what they built there. Well, I think the Browns would win that again. But, hey, who knows? Lamar might come. If the, if the Ravens draft Rashad Bateman, I may feel different. Because Rashad Bateman's that guy. No one talks about him, man. He, he ran a 440. They, these, the analysts, the experts, were saying he's going to run a 460. He ran a 440 at this pro day in Minnesota. La,
2: Lamar Rashad hitting him on goal. that deep ball, though? Huh? Is Lamar hitting him on that deep ball? Yeah,
3: Lamar throws a good deep ball. What are you talking about? He throws a good deep ball. He, is, he, consistently? Is,
1: is he, is he his, that's it. Huh? No, I'm saying they need a new coordinator because that just option – it's a, little, it's a little, I mean, you got to run the option. You can't not run the option with Lamar Jackson. Being your
2: That's the bread and butter. Yeah, but but
1: man, this it. underneath throws, they don't take any shots downfield. So it's like, it's a real predictable offense. So, I mean, so Hollywood wasn't getting over
3: the top anymore. Hollywood, Hollywood was suddenly not so Hollywood last year. It just all came to, it just kind of all fell apart. He was dropping balls. It was all, it was a mess.
2: He's getting pressed up at that line—that's what it was.
3: Yeah, he's small. He's small. So you get Rashad, who's a big physical Real. guy, you get downfield and make contested catches. I like, I like him He's one of my favorite wide receivers in this entire class. So watch out for that. If they get him, I think they'll be, they'll be, they'll be cooking with some gas.
0: We're gonna end off the show with this one. I saw this report come out, and I thought it would be cool to have this conversation of creating your ideal defensive back. We've mentioned it throughout the show. Greg has mentioned, you know, we got cornerbacks in the Giants that are physical and tough. Something that came about. Mark Gilbert, Mm -hmm. the cousin of Darrell Revis, ran a 4.36. He was considered a potential first-round pick two years ago before he suffered back-to-back injuries, and the man came out and ran a 4.36. If you had to draft your ideal defensive back, You're creating, you're on matting right now, creating your ideal defensive back. Are you going with height? you want speed? What's the height? Do you want speed or strength? Do you want them to be able to get them interceptions? Or you want them to have that tackling, hard hitting, kind of like a Jamal Adams? And would you want them to be able to play zone or man more so? Uh,
2: I'm going to break it down for you. (laughs) I've been waiting waiting all night for this damn topic. I'm going to break it down for you. First of all, shout out shout out to Reese's cousin for running running that four three because that's pretty impressive and uh, I'm sure it proved a lot of people wrong too coming off those two back to back injuries. But if we talk about size, when you when you look at the cornerback position, you don't need to be six four. You don't need to be the tallest corner. Yeah, you're gonna go up against you know some wide receivers who are six five. But at the same time, like not many wide receivers in the league are six five plus. Um, there's not a lot. Uh, So so the size that you want to be for corner, in my opinion, I think I think anywhere between six and and six foot two is good. You know, the the smallest corner that's been in the league, I think, was was five nine. But, uh, you know, some notable names that have been, you know, between six, one and six, two have been Stephon Gilmore, Patrick Peterson, Darrell Revis, uh, Richard Sherman, Chant Bailey. Chant Bailey was a dog. Um, And then obviously you, you want the cornerback to have strength. And here's here's the thing about about cornerbacks. Um, if a quarterback is strong and, and he's playing you man coverage, and, and even if he's dropping back in his own and he's pressing you at the line, people like Akib Talib used to do that a lot. Josh Norman in his prime used to do that a lot. Jalen Ramsey does it now. Um, know, <laughs> something about those three guys that I just said—Talib, Norman, and Ramsey—all three. I know we don't swear on this podcast, but I'm I I gotta, I gotta let this one fly. All three of those guys—they're shit talkers. They bring that energy at the line, and they, they're physical with you up front. And that's what you need as a cornerback. You need to be physical right from the jump because, yo, let me tell you something about receivers. They do not like being assaulted at the line. And I say assaulted because a lot of times we just talk about Hollywood Brown. Yo, he can't he, – he gets held up at the line. He's small and he's frail. Yeah, he's quick, but, it, yo, if you get your paws on him and you jack him up and you get in his chest, yo – one of the main reasons that receivers and uh, cornerbacks get into fights on the field and you see them oftentimes is because that receiver got punked. He either got hit, he, he was, someone was being too physical with to them and he didn't like it. So I, I think, uh, you know, physicality is a huge part as to why, uh, you know, cornerbacks in the NFL are successful um, is because one, when they can jack you up at the line, but um Obviously, you want them to have ball hawk skills, you know, good tracking skills when the ball's in the air, right? If they're running with their back to the ball and they turn around, you want them to be able to locate that ball pretty quickly. Um, If you're 6'1 and 6'2, like I said, like we talked about with height, you're oftentimes going to have long arms and be able to, you know, reach out and deflect balls and whatnot. Um, And obviously, you want to have the ability to recover, right? One thing that I could care less about the Jamal Adams, he's a safety and whatnot what Jamal Adams does is incredible Um, plays in the box a lot able to blitz and and get sacks on the quarterbacks but again he's a safety Um, for for cornerbacks man I don't I don't need you to be the quickest guy you're already playing seven yards off the ball if you're you're in coverage Um, you know you just got to have good footwork and good hips I think good hips is one of the key skills that you need to have as a cornerback especially in the NFL because if you're you know, backpedaling, right. And the guy is doing a post route and you got to be able to open up your hips and run with him. Some of those guys take off a guy like Hollywood Brown, right? Especially if you're, you're playing off and, and you're in cover three and, and he opens up and and starts going towards the middle of the field. you got to be able to open your hips, turn with him. But then if he breaks that off and goes into a post corner, you got to be able to spin 180 degrees and stay, keep your balance and, and stay on your feet and, and run with him while looking back at the ball too. So, um, you know, those are just a few of the qualities that, you know, I think a good corner in this league will have
0: or need Do y'all have. have any – do y'all have any disagreements with Chris? Do y'all have anything that y'all look for differently? Y'all want speed instead? Y'all want somebody that can hit hard? What are y'all viewpoints on it? Are we all on the same page of the man who actually played that position, who actually played on the defensive side and is a legend at what he does? Stop, Cap. Y'all have yeah. any –
3: Yo, Anything. First of all, crispy holding. let me tell take
0: that. Guy. I ran, I ran. I beat, him up. I,
3: beat him, I beat him on a fly route. He didn't want to talk about that. I beat him on a fly route, but it's, he was holding me, bro. I burnt him. I yeah. got him he, I me, he hit me. I'm not gonna lie, he's, he's What strong.
2: is this man talking about? He's
3: strong, he's strong. He's strong, bro. I'm not gonna lie. No cap, you're strong, but you definitely was holding, bro. But on a, on a whole different note, like well, I had you, bro. But on a whole, on a whole different note, if you going to talk about the perfect corner. Jalen Ramsey, bro. Jalen Ramsey's the perfect corner. When I saw this, this on the dock, I was like, "Yo, it's Jalen. It's Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey is big enough to jam with the line, be physical. He's strong enough to to tackle you well. I mean, we saw him put Golden Tate in the dirt. Um, that wasn't an violent.
2: and you got and they got in a fight after. that. You see he what I'm saying?
3: Yes, yes, yes. Now the, the problem with got Jalen Ramsey is he can't cover Tyreek Hill. He can't. Tyreek Hill's just too fast. We've seen the matchup before. It didn't really work out in his favor. But he's still fast. He's just not quick. He's just not as quick. He's still, like, he's quick, but, like, those fast twitchy guys, I, it, you you want a guy like a, I don't know, like a Lori Jackson, no, the guy who's fast and can run side by. And don't do that, <laughs> <guys>. <laughs> Yo, don't do that, Because, yo, yo, no, no, no obs no, no BS for real. No BS.
0: Because, yo, yo. <laughs> Y'all yo, don't need do Mar- no, no, no. Mar- is top five, Greg. Right? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
3: <laughs> yo,
0: don't do no, no, don't, do don't, don't,
3: don't do that. Because, yo, cause He covered Tariq Hill, this film on that, and he did a damn good job covering Tariq Hill. Is that it's well known, okay? If I if he was still on the Titans and I brought him up, it wouldn't be no big deal because he's a giant now it's a problem. Nah, bro, like he's fast, he's super fast and quick twitch. He has that. So your perfect corner wants your perfect corner would be big like Jalen Ramsey, physical like Jalen Ramsey, and can open a flip as great hips like him, but fast and twitchy at the same time. And that's a rare blend. You don't get a guy who's 6'2", 6'1", who can move like that. It's not as common. But that's what you want, I, I feel like, because you can jig the line. You can play off. You can, you know, a lot of things you
2: can do. The one thing about Jalen Ramsey, too, which a lot of these sorry corners can't do is tackle an open field one-on-one.
0: Yeah.
2: Jalen Ramsey, you never hear the commentators talk about that. guy like Drake Kirkpatrick, <laughs> you know, this man getting a stiff arm halfway across the field – I don't even want to get into it because he, he made me mad. But a lot, lot, lot of cornerbacks be diving at the ankles. Nah, Jalen Ramsey come up to you, well, break down, and lift you up and toss you on the ground. He's Done that to the one Tate multiple times. Obviously, they have a history with uh, we're not He's even gonna, 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 get gonna get into inside, that, but, but yeah, yeah. we're we
0: not, we not gonna get into that. <laughs> hey, mom, <laughs> give me your thoughts ideal, perfect yeah. cornerback. Are you gonna say Darrell Revis?
1: Or Hell, what, what's he talking? Yeah, I'm gonna say Darrell Reeves. That's oh, all right. So I can say Darrell Revis, but I can't say Adoree Jackson. But that's different. This is, he ain't, he ain't been in the league for about like three four years now. This is, he's a legend. Adoree Jackson. I'm not. I
3: ain't calling him a legend. That's not, no legend. no misinformation. Yo, he gonna cut this tape, make you look an idiot. That's not what happened. I never I never brought Adoree Jackson as a perfect corner. I just use him as an example for speed. That's it. For speed, listen to the damn podcast. Alright, go ahead. <laughs>
1: Nah, I feel like the deal would be Darrell, because a lot of these schemes now, they run more zone than man. Like, when Revis was out there, he was on an island. He was, It was man every time, and he's going up against the best receiver every time. And I just feel like if you want the perfect corner, Darrell Revis is that perfect corner. Like, nobody would take a chance on him on Sundays because they knew there's no point in throwing over there. He's, got, he's on his hip every time. But if I had to add to Darrell, I'd probably add, like, maybe Dion's speed and ball skills and then maybe Cromartie's athleticism because he. I was thinking about him too. He's the most athletic cornerback I feel like that's ever played in this league. Making one-handed catches – Vertical's probably over 40. Like, lengthy as hell. So it's like, if you could add to Revis, that's what I would give him. And that would probably be the greatest cornerback to ever play.
0: Hey, another great episode. I'm gonna get a floor to Greg. Take us home, Greg. Um, Listen, you want me to close the door? you close it? You close it up. You already know the vibes, bench you vibes, know, vibes, you know. If you stay ready, you don't yeah, got to get ready. Bro. But the That's floor, the floor is yours. You get the last word.
3: The last word, bro. I, I feel like there was something I wanted to talk about going into the show today. And I just, I'm just i just blanking on what it is now. And it's really annoying me. Is and it I, a Dory I, Jackson? Huh? Is it a Dory Jackson? No, it's not. Shut up. <laughs> no, oh, I, it just hit me. Hey, we post that clip of Ann Edwards talking about R.J. Barrett yesterday, bro. We talk about that. That was pure entertainment. I want I want to pose this question as listeners before I head out of here. Who's the more offensively talented player between RJ Barrett and Dan Edwards? I think we're gonna be real surprised about the answers we get here. I'm not gonna give y'all my take. If you listen to the show, you know how I feel already. You already know what it is. All right. But I want to hear, I want to hear you all takes on that as well. But uh no, I said my piece today. I got I got my words in, man. So I I feel good closing the show out on that. I want to hear what people say. Put that post up bro put that, put that.
1: You would think RJ's been on five title runs and switched a couple teams by now, the way he gets attacked on this show. It's crazy. I ain't even <laughs> attack
3: him. I asked the
1: question. And by the way, hey, I, didn't,
3: I didn't even do the attacking and did the, the attacking. Anthony Edwards is the reason why we're having this conversation. Okay. And it's a fair one. It's but you loved one. it. You loved him saying that
0: too. Oh hell yeah, I did. <laughs> hell yeah, I did. Hey, yo. Bitch Mark, we out. Peace. <laughs> when I heard him say that I was like, I know Greg.